Hello, good evening, and welcome. You're listening to the Friday Rock Show with your presenter, Aging Burn, and producer extraordinaire, Tony Wilson. Yeah! On tonight's show, we have magnificent metal music from Custer, Clutch, The Beers, Or Made of Lava, The Blackout, Ball Beat, Hordry Horn, Less Than Jake. We also have Professor Critic and a selection of submissions from Itchy Crack, yes. Prince Balakai and Jerry Dixon. And lots more to kickstart your weekend. Yeah. A quick disclaimer from the BBC, no <laughs> children are harmed during the making of the Friday Rock Show. So let's get this party started with The Blackout. The Blackout! Yeah. Yes!
Yucky da Sausage and chips Moshing all the way From Murder Tidville in Wales Yes It's the Blackout And Radio From the new album Start the party The party started here. Available now At all good retailers Including Howells Jollies David Evans And Dingles Yes That's it there Welcome to the Friday Rock Show What a great way to kick off This weekend's Friday Rock Show Thanks for coming And thanks for tuning in there Wherever you are in the world And uh, What? <laughs> Getting up close and personal there, Tony. Extreme close up. Uh, wherever you are in the world, you could be listening to us in, in Australia on the internet these days. You could be in your car, you could be in your bed. You know, send us your texts, tweet us, let us know what you're up to tonight. Uh, we're happy to hear from our listeners here in the Friday Rock Show. That's right. We're just part of the Friday Rock Show family. There's, so, there's something missing. What? Oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> this is not right. Tony! You're not Tony! No! <laughs> Who is this imposter? Tony! I turned around and I seen a stranger before me that wasn't Tony Wilson because he hadn't got his bobble cap on. The baldness that freaked you! Or his Metallica black baseball cap. If you go that far back. Fucking hell! You remember? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the old recordings. It's great. That's what I do during the week. My life is the further rock show. I've no other work but here. Tony now, he's working hard. He's working all the hours God sends because he has to pay back the money. Oh yo! To get this road on the show! <laughs> And Eugene, Eugene has to go to university. But you went on a payment plan for like five euro a week. That's it. Anyway, anyway it's Larry it's the First one of the night. It's the first one. Get it out on the radio. I'm just looking at you, waiting for words to come out. Oh. They needn't happen, but we would um, like it sometime. Gentlemen, itchy crowd here. <gasps> but a bloody terrible thing has happened. Oh, I was due to be interviewed by a student for a college magazine, but at the last minute the replacement was sent... <gasps> Her name was Anastasia. I didn't think anything of it at the time. Mm. I was just chatting to Zinedine Zidane at the apartment <gasps> complex entrance as I went down to meet her. He lived at the Zinedine! He lived at the Zizi! The Zizi, the legend. <gasps> he was retrieving his ball in the stairwell. He told me he'd seen her downtown at the club and said she was hot. Oh, it's a French accent. No one can beat that. <laughs> That's great. I said I'm sure he was right, but more important for him was that he controlled his balls. Zizi, you control your balls! One FIFA regulation size came down the stairs and slapped off my head as I collected the post. Got this villain! Anyway, in the end, I gave the interview to the girl on my great wealth and we said our goodbyes. Yeah! She was hot. <gasps> I think she taught me arrogant. Mm. That's okay, I am attractive. And so I decided that she deserved to be stalked. That's what it's like when the girls come from the school to so have to tour mm. around the, the studio and you're here with them. Uh, I stalked. I stalked her at the cafe Stalking. where she eats for lunch. Stalking. Then at her job. Then one night she got super drunk at, uh, at the club oh. that Zidane was always at. And Zidane, he calls me. I didn't pick up. I was doing Pilates at the time. But I tracked her cell phone and afterward went to hunt her down. So Zidane wasn't calling you. The girl was. Yes, okay, I pretty much kidnap her. Take her to the Hilton and take off her pants. But I don't do sex in the first hunt as they are always a bit drunk. So I sent her out for some nice new clothing to replace the halter dress she vomited on. And we spooned and slept after some ice cream. Oh, it's lovely. So romantic. The next day, she hadn't run away. <gasps> Girls do love their presents. So I took her on a helicopter ride to my massive mansion. I tell her I want to show her something. I then lead her into my torture chamber. <laughs> it's a hobby thing. She just like all the sticky gum and... Lol! Lol how kinky! <laughs> the conversation wasn't deep, but she wore cherry flavour lipstick, and I don't do romance. Then I discover that she's a virgin. Yes! My member gorgeous in anticipation, Adrian. She tells me she doesn't work out, but looks fabulous. Maybe she doesn't eat much, but I still need her to sign my contract. 
It's the normal type, allows me to choose what she eats and wears, and how much she exercises, and how often she shaves and waxes. She must take contraception, and I forbid her to masturbate because I want all her pleasure. That's the kind of contract you have with the, 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 the lads here, do you? The no. What's your contract? That doesn't have any stipulations there hidden. No. <laughs> but she refuses to sign it. Ah, she got it, Philip. Zinedan tells me that the contract negotiations are always difficult and that I would need to up my game before she'll accept the terms. Mm. She said he's, he's free to help out. Just call up to his place on the floor above any time. He's giving up above? Mm-hmm. Then he left and took his balls with him. I was in a flux, Adrian. Flux! She said her mouth goes dry looking at me. That I'm so freaking hot. <laughs> As she touches my hand, she's aware of that delicious current running through her, lighting her up, making her blush. Yes, I read her diary. Who keeps a diary these days? You read her diary! I'm so fantastic. She should be blogging online about me. Oh. Why does she not sign my contract? What is wrong with the woman? She wrote on day four of our time that his fingers circled my ear, and very softly he tugs my earlobe rhythmically. It's so sexual. The point is, why would she not sign my contract till I mount her? I do admit that I have commitment issues But she wanted me Her diary said so Adrian It also said that her lips were swollen from my piss But that's because I've been eating cashew nuts all day For better digestion <laughs> You're allergic Ah sickness <laughs> I finally got her in my second master bedroom And tried to make her submit to my will But Zamzidan and his football practice upstairs Had put me off my game His balls were thumping off the walls at incredible speed She ran to the bathroom to hide Not before I scrunched her panties in my hand Held them up to my nose And inhaled deeply I was horrified and excited That was my cue I reached between her legs And pulled down the dangling blue string I did not <laughs> She booked away And outshot the tampon in my hand What? what? She ran past me Out of the apartment And up the stairs what? And then the most horrific Great big whack Echoed in the stairwell Followed by a terrible screech <gasps> I raced out In my dressing gown Contract in hand And looked up A football bounced off my face What? Uh, again? I gathered my senses and looked up once more only to see the dead stare of Anastasia looking back at me, blood oozing from her ears, nose and holes just lying there. She's dead? She was dead, Adrian. I wanted to cry, but my Protestant upbringing forbade it. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, Zidane Zidane came running out of his apartment in his number 10 short, screaming in panic. There has been a murder on Zidane's floor! Murder on Zidane's floor! <laughs> he stared at me. I had a bloody tampon hanging from my hand. He screamed that it was my fault. No, you've got it all wrong, you idiot! I said to him, I said, it was you and your wayward balls. She didn't sign my contract. He ran back into his apartment to call the police and slam the door. I don't know what to do now. I'm too rich and gorgeous to go to prison. It is Fifty Shades of Shite, Adrian. Help me! Yours in fear, Itchy Crouch. Itchy Crouch! Itchy Crouch, there's been murder on the dance floor! Murder on the dance floor. There's been blubbery. I'm not killing the blues. What's next, Itchy Crouch, you're in a difficult situation there. Uh, what are the advice from Tony Wilson would be? Audrey Horn! <laughs> Audrey Horn, up next on the Friday Rock Show.
Norwegian Ooh, rock lords Audrey wow. Horn. Audrey Hornry Orbs. Robbing their name from Twin Peaks Sherlyn Fenn's troublemaking character, Damn Fine Jugs. <laughs> <laughs> What's the character's name in Twin Peaks called Damn Fine Jugs? Damn Fine Jugs of coffee, as Agent Cooper would say, possibly. From the album Young Blood, they delivered you straight into your grave. Straight into your grave. Oh, yeah. That's the Horny Orbry. Some bastard there. Okay, Tony, what's up next? Well, I don't know. Mm. How are you feeling these days? Good. Uh, after listening to those uh, rock tracks, it's been a hard week, but I love the weekend. Look forward to Friday night doing the show with you. This is it, though. You need to release. You need to release. Proper you know, method. You can't up during the week when like, lads are telling you what to do and all. And then you go down the street and people are looking at you and you can't even get the butts of the shops because some old ones banging or bagging you. And it's been proper tonight so far. It's been proper tonight. Good, hard riffs. That's all you want. Metal, metal the old school way. Who cares about anything else? Been good stuff so far. Ordly horns! But stay tuned, because it will get better. We've got some gems of tracks coming up tonight. Listen, Jake, clutch and the custard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so stay tuned. Headbangers. And now we have... A second letter, letter in the night, 18! Yes! Here you go. Ooh. Read this one. Who's this from? <laughs> Dear Adrian and Tony I, I Sponsored by Old Speckled Gland Tony's on the beer Here he is I can't drink Because I'm doing me ta- I'm taxiing later Are you taxiing? I'm working Taxiing off the runway Straight into the ditch no, Taxi driver oh, Yeah For who? For everybody We're all going out tonight Are we <laughs> <are> driving? <laughs> yes Dear Adrian The straw Has been picked for you Dear Adrian and Tony straw. I had some weekend Friday night I listened to you lads Saturday I was up to my mate's house in the hills for a session but this time there was just too many people and all I can say is that the party ended when I threw a concrete block at a stranger <laughs> Guess like that sometimes as I said They all were acting like savages I took my bike and pedalled off into the night It was a fair slog getting up over the hill yeah. It reminds me every time what cream lacquer really is Lacquer! Lacquer! <laughs> reminds me every time what cream liqueur really is it's a drink made from five guinnesses in your stomach frothed back up in your throat with the aerobic workout from the bike up the green anhill swallow it back tastes like Bailey's yum that should be their advertising campaign we sped down past the hospital the boys school credit union bank pub cars and the posts flirting past the gallop slammed hard brakes at the corner house pub onto the main street not a soul to smash into Pumped up some white zombie and pedalled with the bejesus over past the old burnt out secondary school and freewheeled the lower street hill as lights flashed past till I disappeared into the darkness over the bridge and swallowing back to Bailey's again up the steep hill past the statue of Mary in her grotto. Clearly doing the rapping. When the gradient plateaued out on the street, the cops arrived and pulled me over to say hello. I should say, always say that. Hello, I said. Where's your light? The man asked. Batteries ran out. Sure, the moon is bright, I said. What's your name? Seamus Canaan. The radio told them that the Lynham's pub in Lara was on fire again, so they'd better respond. Fuck off home, yo. They said, and spun around back down the hill with sirens ablaze. I saluted them and put the blade back in my boot and took to the wind, pedalling onward in the night cycle. Night cycling. Deserves a lovely night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the night cycle. After the glass Glasnargat bridge, around the corner up the hill before another sharp turn in the road, was a body in the middle of it. What? There it was, laid out on the asphalt under the moon's hazy glow. He may have wanted to be there. We gave him a kick. He mumbled. He wanted to be there. Grand. So I walked on with my bike. <laughs> round the next tight corner as a soft wind blew, I knew what I'd see. Sure enough, there's Tina in the night dress at the post box. Oh. It's 3am. <gasps> the house is built a year. Husband away on the oil rigs and our puppies half hanging out as she says hello. Ah, uh, how are you, Canaan? I knew I'd see you on the way back from the Green Anne, she added. 
You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Kanan, you know I wouldn't ask, but the batteries on the Symbian ran out and I'm just shivering to be finished off. <laughs> I told her there and then that I don't have yogurts and I might not be able. She didn't mind, whipped back the silks and cocked her arse. <laughs> so I parked my bike at our fence. Right, so, lift the leg onto the gate till I sort you out, I said. Straight to the point, in like flame. In the end, under the moonlight and with a calm breeze, it was all plain sa- sailing. <laughs> Nah, bother. She gripped the post, quivered. I looked out across the fields till she brought herself up to tension. Oh, uh, dirt! Pornography. Dirt! I waited for a shudder, then she sank in the sassified slump. <laughs> Felt not too bad this time either. I said good luck to her and flung the lad back in. <laughs> don't, don't spit it out, Tony! <laughs> I said good luck to her and flung the lad back in and then the left leg over the saddle to get him over on. <laughs> She wrapped up the silk gown in blue kisses, shuffling in their flip flops back in the Oh, jeez, oh, it's across my legs. This is horny. <laughs> I pedalled ahead up a gentle incline until it opened out, gazing up at the brazen Milky Way. It won the best bit of elevated road in my direction. Come to see Junction, I could see this was turning into a busy night. I caught the eye of driven smoke. There beyond the turn off to the quarry, wheel spun, and two ways to the right of a mottled mob bike, someone in leathers was kissing chippings. <laughs> someone fell off the bike? I had. I parked aside. It was a luminous night. How did the Egypt crash a bike? I went over to assess the carnage. The biker laid sideways with arms over legs, maybe a dislocation. I looked around, nothing but quiet, so I knelt over the body and with care lift up the visor. And you know what I saw? What? The biggest, most gorgeous, blood splattered green eyes I'd ever seen since the Pantera concert in the SFX. What? And it was a woman too, a young one at that, wrapped in the heavy leather and breathing ever so softly. I gave her a tap. (laughs) (laughs) Is that some local colloquial saying? (laughs) With that she roared up in shock. Panic took her face. She lurched forward. I sprang up, told her to stop to calm down. It was alright, I think. And then I lived up the road and I'd make you some tea. It was all I could think of, given the peculiarity of the situation. <laughs> Absolutely peculiar. She forced her body back with her elbows and ankles, scouring the tarmac. <laughs> she was a foreigner, lads. Sounded like one of those Ramsteins, calling for the mother or the father. I don't know. Who's <laughs> <laughs> she, she croaks, sister? Could be. I was drunk and half stoned. She was in a heap either way and babbling shite, so I bent down, shoveled my hands under her armpits and dragged her home. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Only took about half an hour. She'd long since passed out. Poor on the couch. Went back for the bikes. And sure, been an interesting night, hasn't it, lads? Maybe I should take off her helmet now and, well, unzip the letters. They might be restricting her blood flow. Unzip what do you letters. think? Let you know how we go on there, right? I need to close my eyes now. It's getting bright and I can't keep them open. Please play some Green Day. Yours, Seamus Canaan. Seamus Canaan. That was an unusual night. I have to say, I loved your letter, Seamus. It really painted a picture of one of those, you know, nights with the full moon and you're making your way home in the darkness, nothing but the moonlight lighting the way ahead. But mm, nothing as interesting as that's ever happened to me, to be fair. It's not. <clears throat> Tell you, no, it's, it's, but, I, but I would say, I think you should... Un- can you imagine, like, the rural, <clears throat> dark areas of... Black, dark, foreboding trees just... Towels, just a bit of a soft Looming breeze, over you. the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely, Seamus... You scare away the in, rabbits! In answer to your question, I, I really think you should unzip her letters. Um, open up anything that's restricting any kind of uh, airways or, or blood. Even her panties, I think, maybe you should slip them off because if they were if they were the tight variety, just see if they were like tight you know, on her. And see, did she have a beard? Take them off, yeah. And if she if she has a beard, uh, I think maybe she you should shave that just to you know stimulate circulation, Seamus. 
Beautiful affirmation <laughs> of having sex with a bearded man. And uh, yes, that's them guys. They're stroking their big bushy beards under there. And the name of the band is The Beards. 
From the album, Having a Beard is a New Not Having a Beard and the wonderfully unsuccessful single, You Should Consider Having Sex with a Bearded Man, playing soon at a beard and moustache competition near you. The beard! Yes, the beards! And that's my song of the week. Speaking of beards, Aisling, and it's your song of the week, but you know if you have an awful beardy neck? <laughs> your beard wraps around your face, all around your neck, and onto your spine. Sex with a bearded man! What's up next, Tony? It's Professor Critic. He's especially come out of retirement to review the new Bon Jovi album. He comes out with the Jovi every time. It's that's, that's all he wants. <laughs> <laughs> he loves him, but he doesn't love me. They tease him out. They tease out the brutality. And he hates him, but he loves him. It is that kind of relationship, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's like you know, John and Rissy and, uh, you know, Ashton Slash. It's that relationship, yeah. Why is that with Jenny? Nasty. Here comes the Critic. Switch on the learning channel, people. Professor Keith. Pop Rock's great regurgitator is back. Because he can. He signed on the line one more time to bring us a thrilling new game-changing Bon Jovi album. Soft strumming, slow, fast, slow. It's Sing Along with Jovi. There are songs about Amen and songs about pictures of you. He's with you and all rounds lead to you. The gullible soft sax troglodyte he thinks will actually buy this phlegm soaked junkie husk. Ripped jeans, ripped off ideas, it's all here because he can. Ah yes, because he can. Unites studio album number 12 under its banner. The market approach strategy has begun. Wait, there's no rock music here. It's audio therapy for morons. Have I been deprived of oxygen? Dear Lord, what is this? Because we can. It's the best line dancing song since Ziggy Breaky Heart. Yes, it's that good, people. You'll be humming it as you fist your cat. The world sags under overpopulation, food shortages, and financial confusion, but unit shifting 50 something John just doesn't care. His eyebrows are sky high, squirting fistfuls of optimism all over his adoring acolytes. But danger here, he's playing safe. Staying in chords B, F, C. Yes, we know what that stands for, John. Get a ladder, there's a cat up in a tree, he lazily slurs on beautiful world. Deep trout of Jovi juice, face hogging what's left of your senses. Okay, time out here, American. It's time for you to better serve out your days actually helping people at your New Jersey soup kitchen because you've cremated all credibility here. But you say you've changed, and what should we expect from an old 50 plus man? It doesn't mean you can't create some new balls, John. Charles Darwin had our world recreated at 50. Men don't quit playing because they grow old. They grow old because they quit playing, John. That's it! So, with the haggard swag of a buffoon's Beckett, John is in need of a hydrated salvation as he sings, That's what the water made me. What though? What did it make you? What does it even mean? Are you actually insane these days? Mastered. The band certainly thinks so. They skulk in the shadows. With John's vocal mix, a loud dry strap-on pumping you to tears. Eat the mic, John. Drive down on it! I so need to hear your horsey overpaid polyps bleed my brain. Poor guitar picker Richie Sambora is left to fling echoey globs of fill around the chorus arcs. Or footfell to Wawa to go all U2 1987 on us. Look, see that? That's right. Not a single original idea is present here. Not one. No. John's listened to Muse. He listens to U2. Now, to his new musical mentor on her shagathon, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Why? Because he can. What about now? What about never, John? What about never, huh? <laughs> Seriously, my speakers are belching large, unctuous granules of crap right now. Ugh, it's so strafing. If I ever made 60 million a year and uh, did this, I'd fucking shoot myself. 
Oh, but that's not it yet, dear listener. If you survive to the end, you'll weigh neck high dirge so low and slow that the first five songs suddenly feel like Chateaubriand steak after the snailing, windy, garlic reflux of the final four. Again, all dribbled in high-volume discord by John into your spumming Audrey Canal. Three things. The voice is gone. Richie's lost up his own echo. And John Shanks produced this. Yes, that's right. It's pop producer John Shanks. His great-uncle, Armitage, was also known for that shit too. So no change there. It's the sonic equivalent of gnarly toenails in a worn-out blackened sandals. It's got eye bags full of tamazepan. It's reaffirmed as it sucks on a Benson and Hedges, heading to pick up the children's allowance at the post office. John won't beat it up after a feed of beer, won't insult its bubbling cracked skin and pockmarked face, or its lank hair and nutly streaked ski pants. No, it'll come open, unwashed weekly, and hum along to any chorus on the iPod. You give her hope, John. Why? She's like 19 euro back with your fifth US number one album from Aldi in her grasp. Only fifth, John? Some way to catch Sean Corey Carter's 12 Billboard chart toppers. Because We Can by Bon Jovi. And this album should only ever be downloaded for free. And then, only two under supervision of a lobotomy. You utter bastards. Here comes the cryptid. You bastards. Here comes the cryptid. Ah. Thank you very much, Professor Critic, with another scathing review of uh, the latest Bon Jovi album. Okay, next up, it's Amaranth. Then you want to play the Jovi just because the present critic was saying pissing off the Jovi earlier. You want to play it in balance or something, do you? Do you? No.
Amaranth, Afterlife, taken out in the yard from their second album, The Nexus. This Swedish sextet excel in their heavy metal core melodic death metal pop sound. Yes! I'm telling you, it's good stuff tonight. You're yes. listening to the Friday Rock Show. My name is Adrian Byrne and this is producer Tony Wilson. Oh yes! Together every week on a Friday night we play the best in rock from all over the world. And particularly this week, it's from Scandinavia. Oh, we're going into square jaw, lads. Been good stuff so far. A bit retro tonight, Tony. Absolutely, but I think that's what the North needs to give us. It's up north there, Jon Snow. Lots of swirling keyboards and... I love it. It's brilliant oh, though, isn't I it? I love it's it. Before we play some more music, it's time for another letter. Here on the Friday Rock Show. This is what you want, and this is what we give you. We love to give you what you want. Greetings, rock lords. It's Tucker here again. It's Tucker! As I was sitting at home Tucker's the other night in, in my house. onesie, tucking into my Doritos and watching a new episode of Ancient Aliens, it suddenly dawned on me. I have access to a time machine. Why not drop in on some of my ancestors? Is he in the time machine, Lord? Oh. <laughs> I got the credit card out and signed up to a website where you can go back through all the old censuses and track your family history. Bleary-eyed around 3am, I finally came across an interesting one. He dated back to the Roman invasion of England and went by the name of Tucker's Pubicus. No way, the Tucker can't go all the way back to that to his family tree. That's listening. He's bullshitting. <laughs> At the weekend. So you, you, don't have, you don't have any problems with the fact that he can travel in time, but you have a problem with the fact that he can't go back that far in his family tree. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would you be more surprised at? Huh? <laughs> Ten websites are brilliant, though. Just a genie in the bottle. I've lost my place now. Well, that's what happened when you got kicked out of all the courses you ever tried to attend. At the weekend, mm. I took the time fiddler's machine for a spin. Do you need glasses? Possibly. <laughs> Fixing the coordinates too early in his life when he was involved in the slave uprising and basing the hills of Pompeii. Pompey, yeah. With a blinding flash and the crackle of lightning, the time machine came to a standstill in a field full of goats. Two men stared angrily at me. Tentatively, I stepped out of the time machine. What madness is this? Thou hast landed on top of most loved friend, Egedicus. This wasn't supposed to happen. Immediately they thrust their swords at my throat. I shall remove his head from his pissant body, said one. Silence, said the other one, who appeared to be his leader. I will break words with this one. The silver chariot which arrives before us in fury and lightning interests me. Perhaps as a tool of war, it can be put to good use in pursuit of our worthy cause. Speak, man-child. Could this horseless chariot, could it smite down a legion of Romans? No, no, I whimpered. This is just a humble means of transport. Cease flapping of tongue or find it removed from mouth and sent to lick one's own arse. Oh, jeez, them Romans talk first, naughty. You must listen to me. I'm so sorry. This was just a tragic accident. I would never have intended to harm Agahedicus. I have much respect for him, as I have heard of many tales of his brave exploits, along with his companion, Tuccus Pubicus. Tis I you speak of. I am Tuccus Pubicus. Once enslaved, now enemy of the Senate. How do you know of me? Your exploits are famous far and wide, even as far as Britannia, where I have travelled from in my silver chariot. Lil did Tuccus now. He was my ancestor from those times. Impressive and warrior-like he was. I always knew it was inside me. It's lying inside you, Tucker, all right? It's coming out in this flower. <laughs> Your silver machine has struck Egedicus forever from this world. I fear without him, I cannot continue. We need a beer. Horrified, I remember Egedicus was a pivotal in helping the slave uprising battle the Romans at Vesuvius. <laughs> I tell you. Horror gripped me as I feared Just I'd... Just slugging back <laughs> the old nectar. Horror gripped me as I feared I'd ruined... <laughs> ruined? Did you ruin, Did you ruin it? 
Horror gripped me as I feared I had ruined a historical event. The Romans must be but a day's march away, and I am without my general. If true, your machine is useless. You are of no worth to me, and we must take vengeance to honour failed comrade Aegedicus. It wasn't failed comrade. <laughs> <laughs> He wasn't unsuccessful being a comrade, no. <laughs> Well, he, 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 he kind of was. He failed insofar as he was in the wrong part of the field at the wrong time. Exactly. Flatulus, part this man from his cock. Please now, Tuckus. Fuck the gods. I want to stand by your side in place of lost Aegedicus and slit the throat of every last Roman. I've never heard him yelp so much since he ever got the doll was about to be cut off from him. Tuckus fixes me with a steely stare. Ha, he says. <laughs> he breaks into uncontrollable laughter. I like you, Breton. You amuse me. Wish you to fight beside me in place of mighty warrior Aegedicus? But I know tomorrow surely a Roman sword will see an end to a milky palmed runt like you. Perhaps it is better to let you live, knowing the sunrise in the morning will signal your final fucking day. Come then, join us. Let us have wine and fucking before night of final battle. Wow. This was going spectacularly wrong for me. Minutes away from losing my dangly bits, I was. And now I think I've just... Where a- are you? I'm, I'm there, look. Back, in, back, in, one, on? back in 101 BC. What? <laughs> and now I think I've been my inevitable death lost alone. Look, you're the only of Thousands of years in the past. But after dropping the time machine on Aikedicus, I felt it was my duty to repay the guys. Above and beyond the call of duty. Even if it meant facing death. I will. I will embrace it and fuck it up the bomb hole. Go, Tucker! These slaves, they lived in ramshackle tents. There was a fire at the centre where they all gathered, drinking large amounts of wine and groping at single-breasted women. Single-breasted women? <laughs> Remember my single breast? What does that mean? They Are these women single? Or do they just have one breast? Or, or do they just have one naked breast? Exposed, Exposed like. memory. Yes. Soon I had the intention of one of these women. <gasps> I have... <No. laughs> Oh yeah, please, 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 Tony, I love it when you do it, I love it when you do the woman's voice. I must clear arse, prepare for mighty cock to be inserted. I hear your fart, I raise you. I have felt her eyes lingering. She said to me, as I have yours. What is your name? Eleonorus. Now why don't you lie back and relax? You covered this body now. <laughs> yeah, but not here. If you can, take the keys back from Tuckers. Then you can ride in my chariot. You ask much, yet I am keen to slide open your chariot and see what wonders are within. Make your way to it. I shall join you presently. Tuckers is distracted with merriment. It will be child's play to part him from his keys. My heart was pounding out of my chest as I raced down in the firelight across the field. I stood there thinking Eleanor's would never come. Finally, the passenger door opened. Show me what your chariot can do. My pussy overflows in expectation. She unzipped me like a wild thing and started to rub her mouth off my cock. I turned the key in the ignition and Doro pumped from the stereo. (laughs) I pumped the accelerator and revved the engine. Vibrations coursed through the car. What dark magic is this? German metal, baby! Then the thought occurred to me. I could just go now. Fuck Tuckers. I'm sorry about Ed Hedicus, but I don't want to die. No, I hate that. I need to help that out. It's my fault. Oh my god, she's fingering my hole. <coughs> my knee flicks the headlights on, and all I can see is one angry Tuckers charging across the field toward me with one serious Ford. Tucker! Fuck! 
I slipped it into reverse and put the foot down. You treacherous cunt. Tarkus will have both our heads for this, but not if I remove your balls. Eleanor took out a knife and stabbed me between the legs. <gasps> I pushed Joker! down. This made me push down even harder on the accelerator. I was hurtling backwards out of control without a clue what the hell was behind me. If Eleanor didn't kill me, whatever I hit would. Fuck this, I said. I opened the door and I just jumped out. The time machine spun out of control. As I lay on the ground and looked up, I seen the headlights illuminating a marching Roman legion. The time machine came to a stop and got peppered with Roman arrows. Then there was a blinding white flash and the time machine exploded, taking the whole Roman legion with it. An arrow must have pierced the tox capacitor. By Jupiter's cock, the Romans have been annihilated by the silver chariot. Hail the Britannian! cried Tuckus. Yeah, and I was stuck around 100 BC with no time machine. What the fuck was I gonna do? To be continued. Tucker's lost in time! Oh my god. Well, did, you, did you throw away the envelope? Like, what was like, the day on it? <laughs> when did he send it? I don't know. How did he send it? Took a long time to get here if he sent it from Roman times. I can't wait to find out what happens next. Tucker's sure having some crazy adventures in the time fiddler's machine. What's up next, Tony? Now it's time for some custard. And like Tucker, they may be facing That's from above! Jump into the 
German metal band Custard and their fifth load of madness called Infested by Anger. Yeah, you couldn't avoid the pummeling Death from Above. Death from the pub! Oh, oh, sorry, this is embarrassing. My phone's ringing. Sorry. Phone off, turn the phone off. Sorry about that, Tony. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Angel, come on. No phones allowed in the studio. How many times have I told you? Okay, what's up next, Tony? Jerry Dixon's there! Never a letter! It's never a letter, on the Friday Rock Show! Yes! Dear Friday Rock Show Playboys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd like to know. Jerry Cornflake! Uh, what the latest with us here is. Yes, it's me, Jerry Dixon of Job Club. <laughs> How are you? Jerry Dixon's Good pissed off, Jerry. Adrian. Very pissed off. What's happening? Times are tough and the Grim Reaper is calling. No question. Young Donnikers had to go on the buildings in Poland for the money. He does a 76-hour round bus trip each week. Imagine that. Jenny Luby. Oh, she's gone back on the game. The older ladies. <laughs> Maggie and Maura. What do you sound like? <laughs> they've returned to you work. You sound like Jerry Dixon. <laughs> My name is Jerry. I am Jerry Dixon. Job club. Welcome. Let's find you a job. The older ladies, Maggie and Maura, have returned to work for the nuns in those religious laundries, beaten the crusty bits off the priest sheets and only toast for dinner, with maybe an old fingering for affection later. <laughs> Joanne Brutal, Minister of Jobs, has cut the funding to Jerry Duxon's job club. I can't believe it, Adrian. You'd be lucky to even get paid after a 40-hour week trying to find that pencil behind your ear to send out the 4 before 4 chipboard with 9-inch nails to see the Jesus reenactment group. Even... <laughs> Even Busby Toomey's thinking of going under heroin full-time again. He can't handle the cutbacks. <laughs> Our internet cafe has been cancelled through lack of use. Everyone is smart with those fancy phones these days. <laughs> Bunny Rogers is making cash donating his body parts for medical experiments. As an educator and a motivator, I'm lost, lads. God forbid that Shamey O'Donovan wants to go on and get into the priesthood. They're all leaving for pastures new. John leaving it, Jerry! There I was Monday, sitting in my prefab up at the Arklow Community College, staring at the tea bag splash over the bin. The laughter gone. The smell of cheap deodorant evaporated. The flip chart lurching to one side. No reason to call up Viking Direct to order overpriced tubs of Nescafe nail filings and 500 tea bags anymore. These are hard times, Adrian. I would have done anything for them, and now they've all left Jerry Dixon. Come on, left you! Flown the nest, entered employment, and sure there are always the masses of unemployed, but they don't believe in job club. Never did. The benefits and nixes of for cash do them grand. <laughs> yeah, from the start there was always big assumpter. She's virtually unemployable, and I was the only one she would w- talk to in her whole life. She would punch anybody else who dared to go near her. On Monday morning, I was crouched with the sandals off, hunched up in the plastic chair, inconsolable when she came in. Not now, big assumpter. No more questions in your barely decipherable English on the Irish War of the Independence. No, we didn't lose millions like in the genocide in your country, but it was more important, right? We've got freedom now, democracy, liberty, a functioning society where we all have equal opportunity, where we can buy what we want when we want, and go on holidays and get training when we need it. We made this country from nothing. Just stop, okay? Can't you see I'm depressed? Jerry Dixon is depressed? (laughs) I never thought I'd see the day. He's happy-go-lucky, Jerry. What has happened? To- I just, I just thought I had their backs, and they had mine. I had them, so something you know. I did all of them, and now, look around you, empty. Those guys, they had my back. I trailed off, unable to say more. Biggest something to put down our Tesco bag, and walked over and quite sternly grabbed my shoulder. Jerry, you still have bad back to get a bun. <laughs> Says something. Now, I don't know if she was mangling the English language again, 
But I saw a look in her eye, like a German shepherd with a lopsided head, waiting nervously for a feed. <laughs> we were the only ones here at the Monday morning motivation at Job Club. She stared and gripped my shoulder tighter. The blood rushed to my head and I became overcome by a 200 pound Rwandan. I jumped up, grabbed her neck and thrust her up over the foldaway table. Sandals, felt-tip pens, coffee mugs, they flew everywhere. All the anger was unleashed as I drove down on her Puma tracksuit and sprayed a handful of Candorel sweetener over her now bare back and tongue the crack of her mouldy shoulder blades. Jerry! I unsheathed and jostled for best position, my foot wrapping in around her girth, smiling at her. Pulling at her even! She reared up with a grunt and I was off the ground. <laughs> yes, that's it. I slammed the feet back down on the tabletop, grabbed the electric cables coming off the wall and jockeyed her head off the cold radiator in the job club prefab. It was like riding a rhino as she swore at me. Go deeper, you fucking sick bitch. I rode the hole off her. My socks slid off stale tea bags as I raged with all my power, like a praying mantis atop a chocolate mousse. With every slap I bell out, you don't take Jerry's job club. You just don't take it. You just don't shut me down. I had your back, and you dare take your shirt off mine? Ah! Fuck! <laughs> Oh, I shot the quart in her. God, you did I shot the quart in her, then flopped back out onto the floor and curled over my side to lick my wounds. Well, something was white as a ghost covered in the candarella. <laughs> She hiked up her trackies, wiped herself, picked up her Tesco bags, then ran off out into the yard, slamming the door. I just sat there, naked in this empty space, tall, expressionless, staring at the gas pipe. Jerry Dixon is angry, Adrian. Jerry Dixon is confused and angry. You have me back, lads, don't yous? Don't yous? Yours, Jerry Dixon, Job Club Arclo. Jerry Dixon! <laughs> yeah, things are bad in the world if even Jerry Dixon is depressed. But Jerry, we hope to cheer you up now with some... We need a good song for him, Tony. What, what can we play Jerry to cheer him up on this Friday night? I've just the thing that he needs. Something that'll get him out of his rut. He's been rutting in the job club. But the first rule of job club is... Nobody talks about job club. Job club. Rule number two. If you're job club, you have to have
Oh, die Pfund auf euch There you go, that was Less Than Jake, a parpy ska punk act from Florida, trumpeting themselves around for more than 20 years now. And that was from their eighth album, Greetings and Salutations, and it was called Younger Lungs. Just like Jerry had What a there. great track there to cheer up Jerry Dixon. Hope so, hope so, hope he's not still sitting there in the job club all on his own without the electricity and all, There's nothing between him and the dark depths of dead. Jerry, I hope... <laughs> Jerry, I hope you're in Job Club tonight, sitting there with the radio on, a uh, nice bottle of Jack Daniels and enjoying the, the metal tunes and they're making you feel a little bit better that everybody's got a job or if they haven't got a job, they don't want one. Here's you, Jerry. Thinking about you, Jerry. Tony's bollocks. Okay, we're just going to take a break now from the madness for a little word from our sponsors. Your special friend means a lot to you. Good afternoon, thank you for calling to this study. How can I help you? We here at Petty Sure understand this. Uh, all right, how's it going? Uh, I was looking for a quote on my dog insurance. Give us a call now on 885, where our soft-speaking specialists will guide you through getting the best deal for your pet insurance. And um, what type of pet is it that you have? It's, it's a dog. It's a massive cocker. A masked cocker. Petty sure love to hear from you. Okay, and how old is your pet? 14 months. We want to get to know you. And is your pet vaccinated? Is he, has he got the jabs? Yeah, yeah. He got the jabs, yeah. Find out about you so we can love your needs. And is he microchipped? Nah, I haven't got microchipped. We love to love you and your petty sure needs. Okay, just a moment there now. So I'll just work this out. Lovely stuff. Insure your pet today on 885. We offer a 15 euro discount for the first year. That's 885. All right, smashing. Why not? That sounds really reasonable, Eileen. Um, All day. I could set you up a quote for that if you wanted. Every day. You can have a look over it. In every way. Can I give you a call back? I need to check with the missus first. Go on. All right, yeah, no problem at all. in a few places as well. Call us at Petty Sure. Your special friend will love you for it. Give us a call back and we can do that up for you, all right? Bye. Bye. Oh my god, that was probably one of the most professional calls I've ever heard. Get your dog insured now. She was good with the headset on her. Hey, Hey, Barney Wilson. How was the farm? Me, I'm lucky to be here. Was up in the Carrick League hard, wasn't I? George Henderson was giving the loads of me lifting pampers out of motor care. Stowell intent to supply, he said. Sure, I'd hardly use them myself. He comments on the stay of me. New jeans, stained t-shirt and scuffed adidas. Sure, they got scraped over the back wall of the shop. And no socks either. It is summer, sure. Bound to the piece for three months I was. He pounded his gavel and he said, next time, Cadge, you'll be doing time. Now get out of my courtroom. I thanked him and I strolled out to light a fag. Outside, Gugu was waiting. He always did, did Gugu. I've known him since he wanted to box me in the face outside the chipper in 94. Tied at the hip we are. And here he was in his new VW Passat. I jump in the passenger side and I only land in the pool of broken glass. Gugu never says much. He just does it. 
I knew he'd done it again too. He told me it was he was over in Knockrat this time. He raised up the two later in the evening sun as an affront to the injustice outside the court. <laughs> <laughs> Off we spin. Cadge and Gugu on another adventure. First thing I do is look in the glove box. There's an Alicia Key CD. Out the window, that shy. But I'll keep the bottle of paint thinner. May come in handy, that. Seems to run along petrol through Ban the Barney. I spot a good candidate. Google pulls up a nice and quiet in a residential area. Everyone's out playing in the park. Schools are cleaning cars. Not this one, though. This one is a double parked. She's in at the post office. Grand! I just jump out with the, me piece of hosepipe, flick open the two petrol caps, and siphon out her petrol. Should do us to Lara anyway. A gentle roll away so as not to court attention and we're off again. Tanked up. The laughs didn't last too soon. There's Apache Stakem. <laughs> <laughs> There's Apache Stakem. Parked the car nearly across the whole road. He wants payback for the confiscated goods I lifted out of the hardware store. We fuck all honest, sure. <laughs> Haven't had a chance to get going tonight. He understands, so only takes me diesel jeans. He takes the jeans right off you. It was warm out for a change, so I didn't mind too much. As we said our goodbyes, I could hear sirens. Seems there are police sometimes in Ban the Barney. Me and the Gogo tear off down toward Nakra, and then the plan is to take her back around to Glendalock. But these pigs are sticky, so we may, may well lose the car, says Gogo. I only manage a look at his demented face before he drives straight off road through a fence right into a rusty cattle feeder. Lovely, that's me gone then. Out to the windscreen. T-shirt ripped clean off somewhere. Oh, land slapping me back in a pool of thick mud. So he's lost the jeans and the t-shirt now. Google course has done the stunt roll out the door before impact. It all went blank. Next thing I wake up and Google was over me, pulling the other pants off me. <laughs> oh no. Why? <laughs> I thought you knew to jump out. That's what we always do, sure. He said. Get off me underpants. I need them, he says. Why? To get rid of the car, he roared. <laughs> As the legs slap back down without my wife runs. What do I do now? Here I am, bald naked. Gogo says to watch this and opens the paint tinner, douses the underpants and stuffs it in the petrol tank and gets out a cigarette lighter. Careful now, you may stand back, he said. But I can't get out of the muck. Well, you'll want to see this anyways. Gogo opens the driver's door, lets off the handbrake, setting the car on a roll and flicks the lighter to inflame me pants. I sit up and watch the whore go blaze, crashing into the trees below. I turned to laugh at Gogo, but Gogo was gone. In a sprint he was, up to the gate. I quickly knew why. There was an angry man bottling down from the far corner, wielding a big shotgun. Cadge, the fucking farmer, Gogo shouted. I wanted to shift the arse, but I couldn't. I was stuck in a quagmire. <coughs> I booked and trust, but I stayed as a static slurry surfer. The farmer was gaining. I summoned the strength to suck out the fee and force a run. My Adidas now had no home. Google grabbed me, dragged me over the hedge and we legged in the direction of civilization. The only thing out here was the chemical factory. Google took a detour in through the main gates, broke the screwdriver from his parka, hopped on a parked Honda 150 in the car park and scored the key lock open. Hey some lad. Unfortunately, the farmer hadn't stopped chasing us. It was so quick. There he was, aiming full on at her head from a distance of 10 metres, down by the gates. Before I could warn Gogo, a shot rang out with a heinous blast. <laughs> it seemed to take an age for me to fall back onto the gravel. One second I was watching Gogo jam me in the lock with that demonic smile. The next I was sitting up stunned in a pool of his precious blood. <gasps> Two weeks later, I'm back in Kirikee Court. This time wearing actual grown-up pampers for the chronic anal seepage. As for Gogo, the farmer had taken his head clean off. And I received an arsehole full of gunshot. Judge Henderson hadn't changed his tune either. Cadge, it's time this time for time. 
The farmer had got 14 yards from manslaughter. Seems he didn't appreciate the sap being destroyed in the very property it was stolen from an hour earlier. That, that was the car that the Google had collected cash with outside the courtyard, robbed from the very fucking farmer's shop. Google, liar! Fact. Me? I asked a partner crime and got two years. How I wished Google would box me in the face back in 94. Things may be different now. Still, we have to suck it up, lads, eh? We're all lucky to be here. Please play some clutch. Yours, Kaj, in the joy. Kaj, especially for you, here's some clutch. What's this about limits? Sorry, I don't know none. What's this about some TV limit? Sorry, I can't hear none. You can take a look when you down the river of booze. Act all poor and defeated. Shout to the mountain some boo-hoo blues. But I stand here. Clutch it, Tony. Clutch it. Clutch it. Clutch give you the eponymous title of their 10th album, Earth Rocker. Earth Rocker. Giving everybody the message since 1990. Brilliant. We're having some music tonight on the Friday Rock Show, I tell you. It's been great. Yeah, it's been the best music in a while tonight, Tony. We're going back in time. I
I kind of fell out of love with rock for a while. It went a bit dour and depressing. But tonight, I tell you, I've been working hard and long now over the last mm, week to mm. trowel up the good stuff. The good stuff. I mean, there's good music out there. You just know where to find it, Tony. You know where to find it, man. I'm not telling you. Here's another letter. Yeah, the Friday Rock Show. I wonder if we counted up all the letters. How many have there been on the Friday Rock Show? I'd say at least <laughs> a good half ton, five hundred. Hello, this is Orpheus Telch. Orpheus Telch? Straight from the off, I would like to state that foremost, I am a man of science. Oh, we've had a few of them on the show before. My chosen dedication is a field of interdisciplinary study devoted to gender identity as central categories of analysis. I imparted my findings at Trinity College all my life. But now, as a professor emeritus, I do attempt to serve the more disadvantaged. Wednesday nights, I gave class at the secondary school in Rostigar near Ballycoog. One never stops learning, so much still to understand of gender. Today, for example, my research paper for submission to the Simone de Beauvoir Society in Paris wasn't complete, so I followed some of my female students from class. <gasps> now, Simone de Beauvoir, as you well know, said that one is not born a woman, one becomes one. I tell you, though, I was torn. Was I betraying their trust in observing from afar their movements in order to better inform them in class of their gender? To hell with it! I tapped my fingers together and took off. Aideen, Kira and Shauna were my most precocious. They loved to speak of the female eunuch by Germaine Greer. Kira would bristle in class, quoting, The ignorance and isolation of most women mean that they are incapable of making conversation. Shauna preferred Camille Paglia and her sexual politics of meat. Nom nom. I followed them eating a piece of cake from my pocket. I monitored them and uttered notes into my new Olympus recorder. They walked home speaking of which band was better, Death of an Artist or A Day to Remember. But that both were fucking awesome. But DOAA's new song is such a sick tune. Sharing cigarettes, they spoke of female idols. Jennifer Aniston won it over Joan of Arc because Shauna and Aileen absolutely loved her in Friends and all her movies. That she is such a babe. And I'd love to look as good as her when I'm in my 40s. I nestled down on my knees behind the bushes as they stopped to smoke and talked to Johnny Murta in his Massey Ferguson. He gave them a plastic bag, then drove off. <laughs> Aideen said she would do him, but Kira said he likes to hogtie his women and fuck them up the arse. I relayed this information discreetly to my recorder. It began to rain. Night out or duvet night in was the girl's next topic. Depends on the weather, said Shauna. Night out when the weather is good, du- duvet night in when it's freezing cold or wet. Aideen said that would be the best time and place for Johnny Murta to hogtie her and fuck her up the arse. I tell you, I got a bit of a twinge then, Adrian. <laughs> I tapped my fingers together and studied further. Shauna produced a bong and brazenly took out a substance from Johnny's bag and duly borrowed Kira's lighter. It reminded me of de Beauvier's second sex book of musings that women coming of age can only be passive instruments of society. But here, these three were emancipating themselves right in front of Mr. McInerney's newsagents. Their heads flew back in laughter. It was wonderful. I bit my fist in the hope of respite from the cold and a lessing. <laughs> I bit my fist in the hope of a respite from the cold and a lessening of my bulbosity. My heavy knit brown cardigan was getting caught in the brambles. Aideen seemed the most apprehensive to talk of the bong. <laughs> it reminded me of her answer earlier in the day to my question in class. What is the difference between sex and gender? She said in a whisper that. Gender is the difference between a man and a woman, and sex, sex is wonderful. (gasps) The whole class giggled. (laughs)
I gripped my black marker tightly and fingered the cap. As I recalled in the light, it turned swiftly to shock. They had caught sight of me. Oh no! Down the crows! I hunkered down, but they shouted at me to show myself, and was I a pervert or some such? I found myself in a rather tight cul-de-sac, I'm afraid. Kira took control. A sumptuous pumpkin she was. Quite the apparel, too. A Barcelona jersey, complemented by tight black slacks. Her hair pink and blue. I stood up after she threatened to lug a rock in my direction. It was then the brambles dug wincingly into my mustard yellow corduroys. Shauna beckoned me to come out, so I did. I made my way through the ticket onto the road. They were most surprised. Then something academically unexpected happened. There I was, pleading to their good nature not to report me to the school, and that I was only observing as a man of science when, after all the verbosity on my part, begging for forgiveness and complimentary utterings, Kira just pulled up her Barcelona top and showed me her quite wonderful firm bare breasts. Twenty euro for a feel, she said. I was stunned. All I could manage to say was, Vaya con Dios, and scamper away. Aideen shouted at me to stop. Kira remonstrated. That were her breasts not good enough for me? Shauna stuck out her pierced tongue. They chased. They hurried. I couldn't escape. They were vicious in their invective. I was soon surrounded, exhausted. No! These feral feminists. No, please don't. Kira exposed herself again. Aideen followed. Smaller, but no less beautiful breasts. Then Shauna. No, Shauna. She drove down her ski pants, revealing hidden fruit inside. So unseen to me in decades. Oh, Orpheus, you damned fool. I had to look at them all. I was mesmerised. 75 euro for all three of us in the shed now. Said Kira. I stared at her. She stared back. I stared at her chest. He glared back, beckoning, inviting, wholesome. All I knew was I was being tested, Adrian. I was cornered and baited. Three angels descended. Their fleshy wings flared and wide. And you know what I did? I tapped my fingers together and then drove the hand straight into my wallet. Oh, Nabokov, you can write what you want of dear Lolita. But today, these students were to come on the master. Yes, Vicondias, to the shed. Pleasant greetings all. Orpheus Telch, man of science. Orpheus Telch, he's the best man of uh, science fair, I've ever encountered. Fair play to Orpheus. I don't think I could have resisted those three wholesome young ladies just wanting me. Uh, I'm not sure what's 75 euro, huh? It's like an episode of Hannibal. <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tony, I want to hear some more rock music. The floor is made of lava! Carry the love for too long And did the best 
Like Tony's Kitchen after a night on the beer with a curry to round off, the floor is made of lava there. It happens. Continuing a hearty chunk of Scandinavian square jaw on the yeah. set list tonight. These Danish lads have a drummer called Ace. Thank you, not. Anyway, that's from their third album, Kids and Drunks. And we give you a place in the sun. With Yasmin Harmon in the video, all I love showing you the bed sit for two million in the Algarve above the English pub, 20 miles from the coast with cockroaches and dry rot, and you can just see the hint at nipple. Okay, unfortunately, we're getting near the end of tonight's Friday Rock Show. We're one song away from the end, lads! I hope you've enjoyed all the Scandinavian music tonight, and uh, all the letters from our regular contributors. You tell us! What's going on, Aisling? Okay, so here's our final letter of the night. It's Balakaya! Yes! Dear blessed Mr. Bernie of the Friday Rock Show. Sir, I got your contact through the information received from your father, Mr. Bernie Sr., late one night in Spanish expatriate bar Goggleses on the Costa Blanca. This sounds serious. He has been of great assistance to my immediate family since our departure from Bungaland. <gasps> He helped them roll the barrels up the Horn of Africa and supplied them with Eurosafer boots for the journey to Spain. I am Prince Guandinius Bolakaya, son of Prince Geoffrey Bolakaya, former finance minister of Bungaland, the tiny oil-rich sultanate off the coast of Zanzibar. Zanzibar! This is the truth, and I am not lying to you, sir. I would save your time by not amplifying my royal family history, which has already been disseminated by the international media through during the controversial dispute that erupted between my father, Geoffrey, and his stepbrother of the High Commissioner of Tanzania, Hassanal Balakaya. Enough to say that one woke up with the other's daughter. 
But she was plump and ripe, sir. I am not lying. As you may wish to know, the High Commissioner has accused my father of financial mismanagement and sexual impropriety to the amount of 2.8 billion. This was first as a result of the African financial crisis that made the Tanzanian government-owned Bubbly IU Unification Corporation, BUC, and Bungaland Investment Company to be declared bankrupt. Oh no! And secondly, for my father's stepbrother's daughter's mind and hymen to be declared eternally brutalised. Furthermore, my father was kept under house arrest and later developed a dose of gonorrhea and has been <laughs> and been restricted from travelling outside Bunga land for proper medical care. His private bank accounts and several properties have been confiscated by Tanzania, thus completely obliterating his distinguished position in our Bunga land history. To make matters worse, my father's stepbrother's daughter gave birth to a female child. This has really troubled my loving father who hoped the drunken coercion would have at least led to a boy and thus a greater cross-state relations. He was only trying, please God. During this gory period, I was advised to evacuate my immediate family outside Bungaland to avoid recriminating action from High Commissioner and his network of deviants. So we went ahead to buy the barrels for travel, as aided by your father, and dispatch under special arrangement the sum of 10 million into the safe custody of private security and trust company to enable my family to survive life abroad with the white Spanish bastards. Hence, I seek your good assistance to invest this 10 million into profitable ventures due to our reliable indications and your father's slurrings that your Friday rock show has viable economic growth possibility. I hope he was not lying, sir. After subsequent deliberations, my mother and I have decided to offer 10% to you as compensation for your anticipated cooperation. Please kindly note that my family has been humiliated and brutalised excessively for this wayward drunken molestation incident, but we will count on your utmost considerations toward the actualization of this investment in your land. <gasps> your father also spoke about a small, retarded cousin you carry about with you to keep you amused on the bad days. We do not wish to involve this individual in this matter. Finally, I look forward to your prompt response indicating your willingness to work with my family and with my poor father under lock and chain by forwarding your full contact details along with a copy of your international passport to enable me to forward it to our family lawyer who will facilitate the immediate release of the money load into the Friday Rock Show. To be sincere and honest with you, this money has never been connected with drugs, money laundering, firearms, looting or even paying for the silence of 12-year-old schoolgirls with unusually large breasts, which I believe might put the fear of God in you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the truth and I am not lying to you sir may the cross of the massive black heart be inside you I remain yours sincerely Prince Wandinus Balakaya Bungaland hair apparent exiled in the Jordan's apartment Costa Blanca Spain Tony I don't understand a word of what I just read there but am I rich now? you could be it's it could be. you just gotta give your details I could be fucking rich your yes. details you yes. have to send it to him yes woo yeah! Woo! <laughs> uh, fuck you, Tony! You smell of B.O. You <laughs> what are you saying? You sweaty gimp! Your hat is retarded! <laughs> and this music! <laughs> this music! It's all bollocks! All of it. I couldn't listen to this shite if you paid me. But you do pay me, so I have to. <laughs> but no more! No more! I'm gone! I'm rich! Woohoo! To Bungaland! Yes! <sighs> I suppose I better finish, finish off. Uh, uh, what the fuck's happening next? Volbeat! Yes! I love Volbeat! This is the best song I'm ever gonna hear, because it's the first song I'm gonna hear, because I'm fucking rich!
a bungalow. <laughs> Tony here Fingered them for greatness Back in 2008 oh, I gave them a finger And they're still trying With their fifth album Outlaw Gentlemen And Shady Ladies You just enjoyed My body So you've understood now You're not rich right A scam Yes Yeah sure I knew that You were only having a laugh With us weren't you Yeah yeah The way you were like So abusive to us earlier Tony You know You're with me till the end And whatever I say to you We can just say things to each other We've got the bromance We just you know <laughs> We, we, we have a bit of banter. We've all got thick skins. Didn't bother you, did it? I was, yeah. It wasn't personal. It was just, yeah. Laughing. I love my job. I love working here. And I love this metal music. I mean, the music we played, that was fucking brilliant. I have to say. Yeah, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I can't wait. Actually, I'm going to go home tonight now and I'm going to be thinking about the next show because I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for the next show because this one was so good. Tony, it was so good. This is probably, uh, uh, probably crazy here, but this is probably the best show we've ever done. The best show. <laughs> That's the end of the show That's the end of tonight's Friday Rock Show Thank you for listening Thanks to all the contributors for all the letters Thank you to crew And thanks to all those Scandinavians for all the fantastic Thanks to Professor Critic Thanks to Professor test. Critic Thank you Tucker Thanks to Tucker and his time machine I've been Adrian Byrne This has been Tony Wilson Thank you Tony Wilson production. We'll see you again soon. Good luck.